0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Terrace Talk. Another Norwich City Premier League game this weekend. They travel to Spurs um, in what is quite a daunting um, task, I I would imagine, for Norwich City. A difficult couple of games coming up. Uh, Manchester United, of course, next week. But we will focus on Tottenham today. I'm delighted to be previewing the game alongside Norwich City fan Callum Howard and Sky Sports News reporter and Spurs fan Michael Bridge. Um, Michael, let's come to you first because Tottenham played last night. They beat Brentford 2-0. I've seen it described as, as comfortable. Is, is that how you would describe it? And it's fair to say probably the league table is looking a bit more healthier now for Spurs than maybe it was a few weeks ago.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one because Spurs have been so poor this season. It, it, it's, it's unbelievable really that they're so close to the top four and, and it's promising really because they've got an unbelievable world-class coach now in Antonio Conte. Um, it did seem comfortable last night. Uh, I'm sure Brentford could be better. But I thought Tottenham, Tottenham did well. They, they, they did look comfortable about it. It wasn't the most exciting game in the world. But without being too much of a cliche, it's all about the points now, especially after Sunday, the game against Burnley getting postponed. You know, we don't even know when that will get rearranged. So Spurs need to start picking points up.
0: And I was going to say as well, this came at a time where there's been quite a lot of criticism of Spurs in the last week because of that Europa League defeat. Um, oh, uh, so does, does that um, make this victory more important, in a sense, for Spurs heading into this weekend?
1: were not even the Europa League. It was the Europa Conference, conference League. Of course, yes. <laughs> <I> My <mean>, bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. Believe me, we don't like using the word conference. Um, I think, you know, Conte would have learned a hell of a lot that night. And whether he says it or he doesn't, he would just literally be telling Fabio Paratici and Daniel Levy, this guy, this guy, that guy, he's not going to play for me next season. I, I think so. Ultimately, he could have probably done more good. Um, he's still working things out, who he trusts, who he doesn't trust. Um, so it was an embarrassing night, but ultimately the key for Tottenham is probably to finish to try and finish in the top four. Uh, the problem about the this European competition and like the Europa League, it's a bit different now. If you finish top of that group, you go straight fo- forward to the round of 16, which is a new thing. Um, if you finish second, you've got a round of 32, and I've been completely against Europa League in years gone by. About a round of 32. Just way too many games. Mm. So even if Spurs end up finishing second, they've got this round of 32. So it's not, I, I don't know whether it does Spurs any favours going through with such a busy January and February coming up. Of course, Conte want to win the game next week, but it does mean two extra games now. But it's been a pretty miserable European campaign, it has to be said.
0: I guess, yeah, the, the focus is is on the league, as you said, and that's very much the case for, for Norwich, isn't it, Callum? Obviously, a draw against Newcastle in midweek. Um, and before we kind of talk about that a little bit, I just want to pick up on the news that's come out of Dean's Smith's press conference about half an hour ago, as, as we record this. Milo Rashita out for three or four weeks. That seems fairly typical, doesn't it? A player beginning to find his stride after being, uh, well, for, in, in Norwich terms, being bought for relatively large um, money in the summer we're beginning to see the best of him and then we get an injury it's it's not ideal is it before what is a very difficult double header where he probably could have been utilized in a in a very good way
2: yeah I think it's a classic case of a long come Norwich isn't it you know we get uh we sign a player for for, for a lot of money for us and he hits a really decent run of form everything looks really exciting and then he picks up an injury both for him and for for Norman hopefully Norman's prognosis is looking a little better and we can have him back for uh, for Manchester United but I'm not yes of course I'm disappointed but I am also quite excited at, because I, th- I I'm really happy with how the squad has responded to Dean Smith's appointment and some of the you know the the discussions that are coming out of Colney about how hard players are working and the headaches that Dean Smith is having is really exciting and it's really refreshing and I think I feel better about facing Spurs that now than I did a month ago um especially after the 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 resolution that we've just shown you know we've we've now got 11 guys out there that look like they actually want to play for this club and they actually want to give it their all and we've got a proactive intelligent manager and so and no matter what happens on sunday i think we are in a really really good position now injuries aside i think those who are on the fringes will be ready and raring to go to prove to dean smith and i think Jolis sounds like he's had an excellent response to coming off at half time on tuesday um so i'm really excited to see what those fringe players do because you know we I remember us um you know having a conversation pre Ipswich a few years ago about how young right back max Ahrens was gonna was gonna do when he came on for his debut and look where he is now and you know this could be the moment that that Xolos comes good or Porheta gets his opportunity after a really really difficult twelve months so i'm I'm actually really excited.
0: Yeah, one door closes, another one opens, as, as the old saying goes. Opportunity knocks it for someone across Todd Campwell. Um, looks like he's going to come back in for this weekend as well, which is a. Uh a positive. How, how did you kind of assess the, the midweek draw against Newcastle? Because I think it's fair to say there's been a split amongst Norwich fans, certainly from what I've seen on social media, between those that maybe felt like it's a point on the road. Would Norwich have got that a month ago? Again, maybe debatable. Um, but also those who were like, well, they've played well, against 10 men for, for 80 minutes or so. Um, and, and they failed to, to beat a side that's winless in the Premier League. Where are you kind of between those two? Are you in the middle somewhere? There's, there's quite a bit to nuance about that result.
2: I think it would be um, farcical to think that 10 men is a guaranteed win in the Premier League. I think we saw what happens yesterday when a team goes down to 10 men and throws all 10 men behind the ball. And then when you have a team that is lacking in confidence, especially attacking, and are rebuilding after a very difficult period when they suddenly face 10 men behind the ball. I mean, I, I think if you if you think back to, to last season, how many times did we go to a sort of a bottom half team who threw 10, met 10, 11 men behind the ball and even then we found it difficult to break down and that was in the championship. And you've got arguably, well, the richest club in the world's, you know, um, experienced midfield and defence. Um, so I was... I was still sort of content with that result. Definitely still 2 points dropped, but I don't think it was a I don't think it was like a one-off poor performance. I just think it was indicative of the confidence that we are lacking in attack, but also a statement of the journey that we're on at the minute. As Dean Smith said this morning, we are protecting Cruel. We are reducing the amount of clear-cut chances we're giving away which when you look at say the Manchester City or the Liverpool game how it was just chance after chance after chance and they weren't just like you know shots of distance these were good goal scoring chances Um, and now now it's you know it's now it's the next step and I think you know we wouldn't be having this conversation if you know Newcastle didn't go down to ten men and we ground out a one one eleven v eleven, you'd say, what a fantastic point. But because of the illusion of the ten the, the ten men, I think, you know, maybe Norwich Twitter got a little bit carried away with themselves. But I'm I'm still very sort of cautiously optimistic, but still looking to see some confidence and some 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 creativity, some ideas. You know, it all looks a bit flat. It all looks a bit stagnant. Um, And, you know, you'll have, say, Max Ahrens has got the ball looking for a crossing opportunity and you've just got four attackers standing in a straight line, sort of just not moving. So I think that's the next progression
0: yeah it's it's been interesting to kind of see the change in creativity it's natural when a when a team comes up um someone of course who who was so pivotal in norwich's championship success last season michael was is Ollie skip and norwich fans have kind of been very keen to to watch his progress this season just give us a little bit of insight into how he's got on because i don't think norwich fans are particularly surprised to have kind of seen him end up in in the first team but maybe not has been quite a, a smooth transition as, as maybe many expected. It's been a bit up and down for him. Is, is that kind of a fair reflection of how it's been?
1: Well, he was man of the match last night. Um, you know, he played very well. And if you're impressing Antonio Conte, you're not doing too bad. Yeah. Uh, he's completely dislodged Harry Winks. He's probably one of the first names along the, in the team sheet in, in the midfield. Works very hard. Did a fantastic through ball to Harry Kane last night and Kane missed. And nine times out of ten, Harry scores that um he's doing everything that Conte wants at the moment and Conte was at the end of the match was was really interesting on Skip he said it's up to him I could make him really really good it's just down to him I mean imagine Oliver Skip hearing that you know this is the guy that transformed into Milan he won trophies everywhere he's been he's played he's worked with the best players and he's talking about Oliver Skip after the game saying how much he's, he could transform his game Calling him the Hartfordshire Busquets at Spurs, but, <laughs> but I think that I think that you know Norwich deserve a lot of credit as well. You know, the loans are so important. You know, Harry Kane had loans. You know, he had loan Norwich, didn't he? he didn't did, you? Yeah. you know they can either go good or bad? You know, and and and, and skips went very very well, didn't it? And um, that's what you call a perfect loan in my book. And I know that a couple of Norwich friends of mine um, were saying any chance of getting him back this season, I just. I said at the time, I I, I don't see it. Uh, and he actually came back with an injury. So he's done very well. He's by far not the finished product. He's got a lot to learn. He's got a lot to do, a lot to improve. But he's got the one of the best managers in the world to work under. So, you know, the sky's the limit for him, really.
0: I'll come back to Antonio Conte in a moment, but just again on Skip, how good could he be for for Tottenham? I suppose that's that's the question now, isn't it? he, he said, if Antonio Conte, as you say, is saying he could be anything that he wants to be. I guess we we're, we're kind of in the territory that I mean, if he if he stays at Spurs, if he is part of Conte's kind of rebuilding mission, is at the heart of that. And you know, as, as as you hope, and other Spurs fans will hope, they go on to to be a bit more successful, to finally get that trophy that that the fans crave so much. He could be at the heart of that, I suppose.
1: I mean, look, I mean, Tottenham a few years ago were finishing second and third, second and third. So, you know, it's, it's it's been quite some drop and that's been down to the poor recruitment and that's caught up with them. It's finally caught up with them. You know, the very good players, Toby Adevereld, Musa Dembele, Jan Vertonghen, Danny Rose, Carl Walker. They've been replaced poorly. Oliver Skip has come through Tottenham's academy. So it, it, it's a win for the academy and everyone loves an academy player coming through. But... At the moment, he's alongside Pierre, Pierre-Emil Hoybier, who for me gives 110% all the time. That's that's never a debate. But do Tottenham need a, a lot more quality in that middle? Yes. Will Tottenham spend? Yes. But will Oliver Skip still be part of that squad next season if Antonio Conte is still there? At the moment, it looks like 100% yes. But it's down to him to carry on with that improvement. But all Antonio Conte demands is hard work, hard work, hard work. And, and that's what Skip does, as all you Norwich fans know know yourselves.
0: I'll ask you a few more, Michael, because I know you've got to uh, you've got to leave us very soon to, to go to Antonio Conte's press conference. But <laughs> just just on him, um, what has uh, kind of been his, his early weeks at the club like? Because uh, it's obviously a glamorous appointment, isn't it? He's one trophies wherever he's been. But Tottenham have had someone like that before, I suppose, <laughs> in, in maybe a different element yeah. of his career in Jose Mourinho. So what, what's kind of it been like compared to maybe the early weeks of Mourinho? Have there been some similarities between the two? Has it been radically different?
1: Yeah, I mean, I made no secret in the summer that he was the one manager I wanted to bring in. And when there were talks, it was very exciting. And then all of a sudden, those talks broke down. Fans were angry. They blamed the chairman and they talked about budgets and, you know, not giving Conte what he wants. And then all of a sudden, I don't even think, everyone says Nuno Espirito Santo is eighth or ninth choice. In my recollection, he wasn't even a choice at the time. It was a very surprising appointment. And I liked talking to Nuno. He's a very nice man. But absolutely not the right fit what you know when you go out on a date and like you know the minute you sit down oh this isn't for me you know like but you try your best to like oh look give it a couple of hours and then split the bill. like that it was just it just wasn't it wasn't a right fit it didn't work and we wish Nuno well as he moves on and he'll do I'm sure he'll do well elsewhere but it was the wrong fit especially after Jose Mourinho this guy Antonio Conte is just exactly what the club needs he's an absolute breath of fresh air He's non-stop on the touchline. You've got Arsenal fans saying, oh, he's over the top. He beat a Leeds reserve side. What do you want in a manager? Do you want a manager just to, to stand like that for 90 minutes? Or do you mm-hmm. want a manager to go like that and do like that to the fans? I know what I prefer. So he's the likes of Eric Dyer and Davis, Tottenham's best players last few games. They're the players that Spurs fans wanted out at the start of the season. So it's not the best squad Spurs have had for a long time. But he's, doing, he's making the best of what he's got. At the moment, that means the football's not pretty. As I say, there's no creativity in that midfield. Harry Kane's still not back to his best. So you're not going to play the best Spurs side in the world Sunday. But what you are going to play now is a very a much more solid Tottenham team under Conte, uh, who's a lot better at the back, haven't conceded much. So it's a tough, tough game for Norwich this Sunday because of Conte. I rate him that highly. And if it doesn't happen for Spurs under Conte... I think we Spurs fans we might as well just pack up and go home because Spurs have tried every manager. They've tried the Harry Redknapp. Poch went well. They went for Mourinho, the serial trophy winner. That didn't work out in the end. This guy, I think this is this guy is who Daniel Levy thought of with Mourinho. But mm-hmm. Mourinho, I think it's fair to say a lot of people think now that his time had passed, yet Levy probably wanted... He, that, that's the Conte now from Mourinho 2004. That's how I see Conte. You know, the players are running more than any other team in the league. Before Conte came, Spurs ran the least. That's incredible. Now, the worry for that is in the next few weeks' time, you might see some Spurs players pick up hamstring injuries, whatnot, during the busy Christmas period. That's that's my worry. But ultimately, Spurs have got this appointment absolutely spot on.
0: Two more then before I uh, before I let you run off. Um, First and foremost, Harry Kane, as as you mentioned there, not being in in the best form this season. Um, As you mentioned, did uh, did have a loan spell with Norwich, which uh, we we won't go into because it wasn't 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 particularly great. Um, But it clearly has become quite the player since then. Um, You you mentioned there him not being sort of in in his in his full rhythm. Um, Do you think in in many ways? And again, obviously, um, Callum's a a Norwich fan, so I'm sure he won't mind me asking. uh, in terms of this game? Will he target this game as a good opportunity to get back to, to uh, well, find, goal, uh, find a goal first and foremost, I suppose, but also rediscover his confidence, I suppose, and also his role within this Antonio Conte setup?
1: Well, I mean, look, he targets every game. You know, I know I know a lot is made of him. Oh, you know, he wanted to play against San Marino. I don't know why in this country that's seen as a criticism. When Ronaldo does it against Liechtenstein, everyone says, hey, amazing, great professionalism. There's something weird going on in this country about Harry Kane. It is utterly... Bizarre. Look, he, he had a tough summer. We know he wanted to move on. Um, he didn't get that move. Now, he is. I've got to say this. He really is enjoying it under Antonio Conte. He's got a new lease of life. Yes, he didn't score last night, but he worked incredibly hard. He was a big part of the second goal. Sensational through ball to Reggion. Reggion crosses for Son and then scores. The good news for Spurs is they don't rely on Kane as much anymore. Last season, he was top playmaker in the Premier League and top goal scorer. This season, the goals are coming elsewhere because the style of play under Conte is different. Um, Will he score Sunday? Huge chance. He's in my fantasy team. But, um, you know, look, I think Norwich as well. Look, I like Norwich. I went to university there. So, you know, I've always got a soft spot for Norwich. And, uh, you know, I, I think Dean Smith, and I said on Sky a few weeks ago, Lampard or Smith, I went for Smith. Only if he thinks mentally he didn't need a break from Villa. Clearly, he didn't because that's quite a change. You know, he's gone from one club to the next, Premier League to Premier League. Does he need a holiday? You'd say so, but fair play to him. He, he wants to go straight in. So, although you know, look at it, and you came will think, Yeah, I'll fancy Sunday. I think Spurs fans will know, and Spurs will know, that Norwich under Dean Smith is a harder match. With the greatest respect to, to, to Daniel Fark. I think, although it was a weird timing, I think it was clear that everyone probably thought it was time for a bit of a change. I think Norwich, I think it was a disgrace what people were saying about Norwich at the start of the season saying they do this, they do that. They yo-yo on purpose, things like that. I thought it was shocking comments given the money you've spent and you clearly brought in a manager. He don't want to go back down. Yes, he, he knows the championship, but let's give him some credit. He also knows the Premier League with Aston Villa. So I think it was a good appointment. Uh, great club, big club, big fans, loads of fans. And, uh, yeah, I think it should be it should be a good game Sunday. Norwich, Norwich could have a slight advantage, given they've had a couple of days off, because Spurs will be shattered after that. They didn't stop running last night. So, although Spurs will be strong favourites, and rightly so, Norwich, those two extra days, could play a part later in the game.
0: Yeah, just finally then, Michael, um, your, your score prediction, I suppose, and, and how you see this game going. Uh, I guess you'll have your, your Spurs on. Some people like to do a head and heart prediction, so feel <laughs> free to do that. Um, before we let you go, how do you, how do you see this game going?
1: Well, I'm going to look at it from a positive side because I've been so miserable all season with Spurs and I think on the positive, I think Spurs are looking a lot more like a Conte side now. I think that the Burnley postponement might have done them favours because Conte got another few days of him on the training field. Conte actually said that last night. So I think that might help, which means Spurs could score early. I don't think it'll be a walkover, but I think Spurs might just edge it 2-1.
0: Lovely stuff Michael thank you very much for joining us um, hopefully we, we we're not going to make you late for Antonio contest press conference so uh, right
1: no problem thank you very much guys. take thank care. You, mate. Thank see you, see
0: you soon. Bye. Callum if I come to you then uh, apologies that was a little bit of a quiet 10 minutes for you but I wanted That's to as all, right. uh, all right all uh, right as much <laughs> out of Michael as, as uh, we could do before we uh, before we let him go um to reflect on on Nuri City then we've spoken about Milo Rashitsa and, and, and his injury. So I guess the, the next question is, which direction do you see Dean Smith heading into with who replaces him? Are you expecting someone like Todd Campwell to come back in, for example? He's, he's not a like-for-like like replacement, but obviously has um, a, a lot of creative um, capabilities, which is an area that Norwich City have been lacking in. Do you see him giving Christos Solis another go? How do you kind of see him going for, for Sunday's game?
2: I, um, I think two of the front three need replacing for this game one through injury one through performance i think obviously uh, Milo will be replaced uh you know as a as a local lad I, you know i am always going to say that i'd love to see todd come back in but i don't i, I was having a conversation with somebody about this the other day is is i don't think he is the white knight that's going to come and save our season uh, and, and I don't think he's done anything to show that he's going to be that. Um, of course, I'd love to be proved wrong. Um, but I think he deserves a chance. You know, The same as, as Smith's first game. I think he deserves 45. And if he comes in and he puts in a shift and he looks like he's on pace, then maybe stretch that to 60. But if he comes in and does another 45 where he's pulling silly skill moves on the edge of his own box which you cannot do against Tottenham in the Premier League. Yeah, you can do that against Huddersfield in the Championship, but not here. So, um and then I'd like to see how Joliss responds. I think um Smith mentioned in his press conference that you know he he spoke to Christos um during training as to why he was taken off at half time And he seems to have shown a response to that. So it could be exciting to see, to see that. Um, but there's, there's a part of me that would love to see Shemi Poeta in the Premier League. And I think, I I think if you, if you had him on that left-hand side with Brandon Norman, who has looked and I think he's, uh, sorry, not Brandon Norman, what I say, Brandon Williams. Um, Brandon Williams has looked fantastic since Dean Smith came in. Um, I think it was the right choice to bring Genulas in not because Williams had done anything detrimental, but because you know when you've got that those 10 men you need that sort of more attacking mind of Genulis and it came off he got the assist for the goal. Um, but I think if you had a left-hand side pairing of William an absolute wall of Williams and then Pota who could pick the ball up and just disappear with it, I think could be <coughs> Dean Smith talks about those transitions, and I think you get you've got the if you have the pace of I mean and, you know Williams isn't exactly slow is he? So if you had you know Williams and, and Shemmy on one side, and then you had maybe um, Aaron's with Dow on the other side, I think could be a nice sort more more experienced, a little bit more um, grounded, creative outlet on the other side. But I think I think Sargent's had his go. And you know, ten out of ten for effort. But in the in the Premier League, you know, people can you know people have said, oh, you know, he's like Bobby Firmino. You know, he does all the hard work and doesn't score the goals. But if the ball if the ball falls to Bobby Firmino in an open g- goal, he's going to put it in the back of the net. You know that <clears throat> I think I think he either needs a lot of confidence boosting. Or it's going to be the one that got away, and, and maybe we're looking at another RVW. Um, but yeah, that would be that would be my sort of go-to for for Saturday.
0: I'm fascinated to see, and, and let's let's all cross our fingers and hope it happens. But. If Josh Sargent can just get a goal somewhere, something that hits his knee, or I don't know, is a tap in from two yards, maybe as opposed to a tap in from outside the penalty area, perhaps, um, just to see what that does for his confidence and whether we see an inch, a different player. That's going to be interesting. Um, Callum, I, I've kind of been thinking this week about this double header coming up, and um, I, th- I feel like at the moment it's quite natural to do be doing a lot of comparing. How how would you feel if Daniel Farke was still in charge? Those, those sort of questions, and, and as I ask you from the off. Maybe the point on Tuesday is not necessarily something Norwich would have got a month or so ago when they had someone else in in the dugout. I mean, it's all hypothetical. We'll, we'll never know. But I keep coming back to the fact that I, I'm quite excited to see how a Dean Smith side approaches this doubleheader of games against big clubs, clubs that are in the traditional top six, I suppose, but have struggled in different periods at different times in different competitions this season and maybe aren't at the level of well say say the three big ones at the moment Manchester United um, Liverpool and uh, Manchester City rather um, Liverpool and and Chelsea do do you share that feeling are you quite excited to see how Norwich approach these games given how Smith has transformed them off the ball?
2: I am, definitely. Um, I th- I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who, unfortunately, is an Ipswich fan. I was just giving him a little bit of an education on what good football was. And um, <laughs> especially after they lost a 2-0 lead to Arsenal's under-21s. Um, but I was saying, I think Daniel Farker would make a great Champions League manager if he had the squad that could... The, you, <laughs> one of them squads where you don't really have to defend because you're going to dominate the ball and you're going to make something happen, you know, attacks, the best form of defense. I think we saw that that's how we dominated the championship for two years was the attack was the best form of defense. Um, So if he went to, you know, you know, like a a big sort of powerhouse club, I think he could, you know, if he'd got the real quality behind him, but I think, you know, when it came down to brass tacks and you really needed to grind stuff out, you know the classy German that smells really nice has kind of been superseded by the the sort of bare knuckles brummie, and I and I like that. I and I I think we needed, um, I think we needed a little bit of Birmingham in Norwich that and a little bit of that grit and steel, um, but also a, a really really warming amount of compassion that's been really nice. And um, when Dean Smith was sort of rumoured and announced, I, I watched a lot of sort of interviews and podcasts. And there was a great one that floated around of him doing a talk at Birmingham University about um, sort of like player well-being. And then we had the story of uh, that John Terry came out with a couple of weeks ago. And I think that's going to be really interesting because I think with Daniel Farker, there was so much talk about psychology. There was so much talk about well-being. There was so much talk about the having players who are capable but just not delivering and I think that's what Dean Smith will excel at is taking players like a Jack Grealish who he knows is capable and then getting them to deliver and that's why I'm so excited about seeing players like Jollis like Mila Rashica like Todd Cantwell like Andrew Omob- Omobamadele players who we know have got all of the raw talent. But mentally, need refining with experience and coaching. So I, that's what I'm really excited about, and and I am cautiously optimistic about this doubleheader. I'm not going to get carried away and think that we, you know, we're going to go and steamroll two teams who have come off a, a turbulent time. But I think it, it, I think it would be ignorant to think that Manchester United and Tottenham although they've had a difficult couple of months, are going to be really easy fixtures because they are now both coming out the other side. They've both got new managers in place with new philosophies. Yes, they are sort of in that sort of early days, but they're still looking a heck of a lot more secure and assured than what they are. So yeah, I'm excited and a little bit more confident, but I'm still not getting carried away.
0: Yeah, that, that feels like kind of the place that, that Norwich City fans are in generally. I mean, you look at the the last three games under Smith, Norwich have, uh, have doubled their points tally for the season that they had prior to his arrival, haven't they? Which is a, a massive boost, um, uh, of course, um, probably looking up the table a little bit more than, than well, they were anyway, so bottom of the league, but looking further up up the table than, than maybe they were when um, when Smith arrived. And and as you said, it's been interesting to see how players have kind of responded to his methods and, and, and how... Sort of more improved they look as a, as a side generally. I think it's it's interesting that, um, we, again, we discussed kind of the off-the-ball stuff because that's been the, the big change that, that we've seen. They, they look a much more competitive outfit because of the tweaks he's made and hopefully that can translate into points. But um, that leads us to December more generally than Callum. It was an unbeaten November. December on paper looks a very difficult month in terms of fixtures for Norwich City. Um, we, we've kind of mentioned confidence and whatnot. Do Norwich enter or do you as a fan enter December with much more confidence? And and I suppose, as you touched upon there, I know you said it's cautious. If Norwich can get a few positive results in, in, in December, there are a lot of teams around them that have very difficult festive periods as well. That's worth reiterating. Um, if they can just get a couple of results and just keep it alive for as long as possible, then that's going to give everyone a lot of hope and, uh, and optimism, isn't it? It feels slightly, I mean, maybe we're going to be saying this all season, I don't know, but it does feel a little bit make or break, I suppose, this month, because if they lose all of them, they could find themselves back at the bottom. If they win a couple and keep themselves within touching distance, it's game on heading into the new year.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be about not losing. I think Tim Crawl said it a couple of weeks ago, is if you don't win, you don't lose. And I think that's a great mentality. It's so refreshing to the old oh, Manchester City, Liverpool are the greatest teams in the world and we were never going to get anything to them from previous uh previous occupants of the managerial seat. So that's really that's a really good philosophy. And I think when you look at the table, we're six points behind mid table. We're we're two points or sorry, we're two wins away from, from mid table. And we've had we've been lucky, sort of, the early part of this week that some that some games have gone our way. Um, I would have liked to have seen Wolves do a little bit better against Burnley and help us out a little bit there, because um, that would have sort of meant that we were at the the top of that bottom three sort of mini league. Um, but I think if yeah, so if we don't if we don't win, we don't we we can't lose. And I think if we can pick up a draw against Tottenham if we could nick a win against manchester united i think that would be fantastic i think that would be one of the if we could nick a win against manchester united i think that would be one of the the best results of of the season so far um and then we've we i think we've got an arguably competitive game against aston villa uh, i don't look at villa with um with any sense of sort of apprehension as I do with it with somebody like a Tottenham or Manchester United maybe that's a little bit of ignorance and a little bit of overconfidence on my part and um my father-in-law won't like that being a Villa fan um but I, I'm really looking forward to Villa I think there's so many there's so many stories there you've got Emmy you've got Dean Smith you know there's so much that can that can happen there and I think that's going to be a really, really exciting game, and it's the day before my birthday. So if we can get a win, that will be a lovely birthday present. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I say it's—it's it's been fascinating, obviously doing doing these kind of shows all season and getting to speak with um, lots of different Norwich City fans, and and just watching how the mood has um, certainly in in kind of the end weeks of the far era really really plummeted and was kind of an all-time low by the time we got into that Brentford game and ever since it's just been slowly building and I get that sense from you Callum which is um which is really interesting um hopefully we're we're still building up as we as we um head into next week's show and and look ahead to Manchester United but to end then finally on uh, on on this game on Sunday I'll ask you the same as what I asked uh, Michael um just before before he left us um how do you see this game going? First and foremost, uh, the last game uh, that Norwich played in that stadium was that FA Cup game where they they won on penalties. So that's a good omen, I suppose. Um, and uh, yeah, let's let's have your score prediction as well. As I said, feel free to go head and heart if that's the way you want to do it. But um, yeah, let's let's hear your thoughts. I
2: think I'm going to have to go head and heart. Um, I think heart says we soak up pressure for 95 minutes and then we score another Hanley header at the back post in the 96th minute in added time. Um, but I think my head says we do we do really well. Maybe a nil nil. Maybe an unfortunate 1-0 to Tottenham, I think. Um, I think it's going to be a brave display. I think it's going to be an impassioned display. But right now, maybe in a couple of weeks, but right now, I just don't know that we've got the attacking confidence and competence to score enough to hold off a Tottenham right now. Especially having sort of seen their, especially Harry Kane's re-emergence under Conte.
0: Yeah, it may may be in many ways um, a worse time to play Tottenham, I suppose, because they won on Thursday. But as as Michael mentioned, um, perhaps not the most creative side in the the world. And, And we've seen Norwich as well successfully limit teams to relatively little. From, from that perspective so that's a positive as well we shall see how it um, develops um, we will be of course at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Sunday uh, Pinken.com the place to go and also if you yet to do so um, download our new Pinken Plus app uh, two month free trial on that, um, going to be loads of exclusive content on their uh, video content, podcasts, etc. That's uh, kind of your your uh, your your go-to Norwich City app now, I think, as well. Um, minimal advertising, a lot of people will be pleased to hear. But um, yeah, do check it out. Um, we've had uh, quite a lot of positive reviews so far, which is um, which is good to hear. So uh, yeah, all your app providers, you, you you should know where to find it. Um, that's just about it. Then thank you very much for joining us for this week's Terrace Talk. We'll be back again next week to look ahead to Manchester United. It's going to be a fascinating game on Sunday. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you soon.